All right, everyone, I've got a special surprise for you. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, hey, what's up? Welcome back to Michael Sano Has a Podcast. This is a very special episode. This is such a such a cool episode because I have such a cool person on. Imogen Barrett. Hi, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. No, it's wonderful. Now you are, the reason I brought you on is because you are uh, on the track team for the University of Florida. That's huge. That's enormous. Can you tell me uh, just a little bit about that? Can you tell me what you do? What's your position on the team and whatnot? And yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great opportunity. I love being a part of the team. A great team to be a part of, especially coming off of last year's season. I am a middle distance athlete. Um, the two races I primarily run is the 800 meters and 1500 meters. Um, yeah, that's that's what I do. And So speaking of the 800 meters, you have, all right, you're like a ghost on social media. All right, you're not on YouTube. I found you on Instagram, which is how I reached <laughs> out to you. Um, but, and you are on world like world athletes and stuff like there's this this website i don't know if you've ever seen it and it tracks like all your times and all that stuff and the, yeah I, all right but i did find two of your races on youtube and don't be embarrassed it's fine um i wanted to ask you about them so mm -hmm. in the the date on the video is may 16th may 17th 2021 and it is two performances in the SEC Outdoor. All right, in the spring. One of my worst meets of my college career. So I wanted to ask you about that because this is so interesting. I was watching both of the videos. No, it's actually, it's cool. So in the first one, you placed fifth, correct? Um, what, what was the race? Uh, the 1500 it was uh, two of them were 800s they said 800s okay yeah that would have been the prelims and the finals okay so one of them yeah. was you placed fifth and then the other race you placed first and i okay. was blown away by it <laughs> so my question is so i understand when you're in that pack when you're in that group it's got to be hard to just get ahead can you can you go into that a little bit um yeah um the more that i do this sport the more i realize that racing is so tactical um you know especially now with the nca being as strong as what it has been over the last few years you get into a race and really any of those girls that you line up against can win the race everyone has oh, wow. the ability okay. to so it's especially when you get to more competitive meets if you're at an scc final nca final um, I would say that there are a large group of girls and sometimes there's the standout people, but, um, yeah, so it really, especially in the middle distance events that are very tactical, you know, you don't have your own lanes, um, and it's not long enough where you can really spread the race out. Um, the race doesn't really get spread out to the final hundred meters. So it's really just about 
personally, I think you never really want to be leading the race because that's very physically and mentally difficult to lead from the gun and have everyone else kind of work off you. Um, Obviously, indoor and outdoor, a little bit different. But, um, yeah, it's really just about making sure that coming off of that last last 200 metres, 150 metres, that you have another gear. Um, I feel like the race normally doesn't begin until, depending on the race, you know, 300 metres to go and then the last 100 is what separates everyone. Um, Well, see, that's what I wanted to ask you about. So I'm sure you've seen the video of Abby Steiner, who... uh, Well, in the the race that you ran in 2021, um, when you came in first, you did the same exact thing. You came around that turn and you were just putting on the gas. So what's in your head when that happens? I mean, is it primal? Um, is it, oh my gosh, I got to get, I was in the military for 10 years and there have been times when I've had sergeants, commanders say, Sano, I don't care what it takes. Mm-hmm. I need you to get to the top of that. All right, no problem. I'll do it. And you figure out a way. Is it like that? Or like you said, is there a thought process that goes into it? I think that every athlete's different. For me, I do think it is a little bit primal. Obviously, going into a race, you talk with your coach, you think about it, you have a plan, you kind of know, you know the other people you're racing against, you kind of can somewhat figure out how the race is going to go, know what you need to do. But every race is different. You know, sometimes you get into a race and you have a gear that you didn't expect to have, or sometimes you think you're going to have a gear and you just don't. So you really got to be able to adapt in the moment, but that's where it does kind of become instinct. Um, for me, racing is a lot, uh, depending on the race uh, and if me, what plan me and my coach have, like sometimes there will be a tactical plan that I will follow, but you've got to be willing to be able to adjust that to what, you know, anyone else can do anything at any other time or the race could play out differently than what you'd expect. So you do need to be able to go in and, be so able there is a to cognitive aspect. In the moment. There's this cognitive physiological connection between the two where you, you're not just operating, mm. like I said, in this primal vacuum. You've got to be attentive, aware, and go, oh, crap, i got to do this now. Right. So, yeah, for me, I I think 150 to 120 coming off that last bend, that's when I, I always – the, normally the plan is to be in contact with the leaders and then coming off that bend is when you, you know, put in a hard move. But sometimes you've got that, sometimes you don't. And sometimes you've got to be ready that someone might, someone that you're trying to beat might put in a hard move from 300 out and you've got to be ready to respond to that and go with that and not let that gap form. So it really does change race to race. But okay. it is for me, when when I'm at the end of the race, I'm usually, you know, so tired that my brain's not functioning very well. So it's kind of this instinct. <laughs> No, that's that's totally fine. Now, I I have I have another question about the race where you came in fifth and what's what's going what happened in that race? What was so sometimes I run and I swim. Um so I know those days when it feels like there are ankle weights that are made out of concrete. Mm-hmm around your, you know what I mean? There are days when I'm swimming, when it feels like I'm swimming through mud. And I ate well the night before. I ate well, I had the snack, the banana and the granola bar 
to get that extra glucose. I've done everything right, but it just mm -hmm. does not work out. Is that what happened in that race? Does that happen to you? Or at you are you at a a level now where you can you can combat that? You can overcome stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's something that I think happens to every athlete, especially in this sport. You can do the the longer I mean I realize you can do everything perfect and you can still have a bad day or you could have everything possible go wrong in the lead up to a race and have the race of your life. I have tried to figure out if there's like a method for this, but it's really just the way I like to think it is like everyone gets their moment in this sport. Some days are your days and some days aren't. It's like I train seven days a week, six days a week, and not all six of those days, seven of those days are going to be perfect. Sometimes I'm 100%, sometimes I'm not. It's just like racing. Some days it's going to click, and when it does click and you're in the right race, it's an awesome feeling, and that's you know, what I think a lot of athletes, you know, constantly striving for. But um, you've got to have those days where you don't know why, but something just went wrong um, because that's what keeps it interesting. That's the, you know, yes. you've got a good feeling to chase. If everything always went perfect, I think we get a little bored of the sport. Um, and I think there is something special about every athlete. Being on a team, I always try to remind my teammates of this when they're ha having a bad day. It's like, it is really special that everyone gets their moment and it can't always be your moment or your race. Um, someone else's turn and that's just that's just how it goes. But um, yeah, I, I like it and I, I, don't, I don't really let those days get to me that much. I think of them as good lessons or experiences as something to learn from every race and um, it just keeps me hungry. Um, and I know that one day doesn't define work. There's been so many times in my career that I've had the worst race in my life and two weeks later I have the best race in my life so well it's funny you say stay hungry because you have this one picture on your Instagram you guys are standing on the starting line everyone's getting ready and you're just standing there like this you're like all right let's <laughs> let's get going let's let's get this thing off so it's it's you've got it so I have my questions now look at how prepared I am um <laughs> And you've I'll got to them too. It. Are you cool with all these questions? Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. I briefly read over them. They, I, I think I can answer. I think I've got answers for them. <laughs> awesome. We'll see. So, so the first one is: When did you start running and/or playing sports? Is is are you just a runner, or do you do other things? And when did you start um, doing those things? It's actually funny. I was a very unathletic child. Um, my siblings were very athletic, gif athletically gifted. And I was just kind of the shy, nerdy kid. Anyone that knows me just wouldn't think that at all. But um, yeah, so I didn't really, I always did the school carnivals, whatnot. Um, I didn't play any other sports. Um, and then when I was about 15, 16, I started to for whatever reason, get into actually training for track. And as soon as I started training, I noticed my progression was quite fast as opposed to my siblings that had been doing it for a long time. I started beating them, which was good because I always got made fun of for being the unathletic sibling. And then I kind of just from there, I started making teams and I started to kind of get in this, like I got hooked on, you know, the idea that the harder I work, you know, I can achieve more. I get better if I... I like that what you put in is what you get out is what I'm trying to say. 
Um, and then, yeah, it kind of went from there. And then I realized I didn't know about college or anything. I realized that I had that opp opportunity. And um, so I kind of just started going to a training group um, back home and, and racing and group? making teams. And then, what, um, what is that? So like, sport is kind of structured group? different. That was going to be the sport. second question. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, I'll I'll touch on that now. Sports structured very differently in Australia. We don't really have um, the programs in schools or colleges such as you guys do in the United States. If you want to do a sport, you've kind of got to do it at an independent club um, with like a private coach, and that's how that works. So I had a coach that had her own private group outside of school, um, and. Yeah, I trained with her and her group. Um, so what that's how I did it. So did she have experience? What were what were the goals of going to this trainer? Was this a trainer who could get you into an, an international program or something like that? Or get you into, you know, the Australian Olympic program? How, how does that all happen in Australia? Um, well... I feel like it was actually very interesting because for me, I got into the sport without any motive, any ulterior motive. I wasn't thinking about making teams. I wasn't thinking about getting a scholarship to the States. I didn't know any of this even existed. I just went because I just, it was, it started to you become like to run. when I started like running. Run. Yeah, it became an outlet <laughs> for me and I got into it. I I hate saying that. I don't know if I like to run. Don't hate, hate to say that. That's awesome. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I love a hate relationship. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I kind of just got into it. And even myself and my training partners at the time and coach was just kind of like, why does she just keep showing up? Because I sucked. When I started, <laughs> I sucked. I was so bad. I was getting beaten by every single, I was getting beaten by kids 10 years younger than me by their moms, every single person that ran there was beating me. But I just kept going and everyone's like, what? Like, what's this girl doing? Like, why does she even show up? But um, it paid off, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I don't know. But um, yeah, so I didn't really know about those things. And mm -hmm. I wasn't really too serious about it. I was just kind of doing it. And then when I did find out about college, I kind of put my head down for a little bit and started to train harder so that I could, you know, reach whatever I had to reach to get over here in a comfortable way. So that's actually one of my questions. Did you, were you on a track to go to college in Australia and then shifted or did you start on the track young enough with running that you could focus on, you know what, if I really want to do this and I really want to go to a good school, maybe I should, uh, try to get a scholarship or something like that yeah college was never on the card to me I didn't even know what it was like the NCAA um when I finished high school I had not run a time anywhere close to getting over here wow. um so we are on a different school schedule I finished in December of 2017 and I had been getting messages from colleges but not good colleges and D2 and D3 schools and, you know, different things. So, and I really wanted, I wasn't going to come over here if it wasn't somewhere good. And then I kind of knew that this was an opportunity. And if I just got a little bit better, I could go, 
I really wanted to go to school in Florida or California. That was <laughs> the dream. I wanted to go to California or Florida. Um, and I wanted to go to a big school. I didn't want to go to a small school. So I knew that I had to run sometimes. And we, I had about three months left of my season. So I finished school. I went away to this falls training. It's at altitude. It's altitude in Australia. Okay. Um, just started running a ton more than what I was and got in some races. And I just knew going to those races, like I have to run fast. And in the time from when I graduated from high school, I was enrolled to go to uni university in Australia. Um, uh, but I really wanted to get out. Yeah. So I was enrolled. That was the plan. Um, but then I was, when I knew there was an opportunity to move overseas, I really wanted to move overseas and get out of my hometown and move on to something else. Um, so even though I was enrolled in university, I wasn't, I was still contemplating a gap year or something. I, I wanted to do something different. And then when this kind of came up, I was like, okay, let's do this. So yeah, then I had a few races in about March, April that kind of like secured the bag. And that's when I took my visits after my last race of the season. And I visited Florida, Wake Forest and Oklahoma and Florida stood out so much to me. And I'm so glad I came here. Gators, um, Gators. So yeah, it's like a cult, right? So when I started with the uh, <laughs> yeah. with the uh, the masters program, um, all the emails, mm-hmm. all the presentations, everything would be like, okay, thank you for coming, go Gators, and I will see you guys tomorrow. And but it's so subtle the way it's in there now. It's not mm-hmm. like screamed. It's like, did we just join Scientology? What is going on? Holy cow! This is crazy. <laughs> it's awesome, though. So now you're a Gator. What I was the transition it. like? Yeah, right. Um, what was the transition like? Was there any culture shock? Um, who did you make friends with? Did you make friends immediately, or did you, you know, retreat behind a wall and go, "Oh my gosh, I don't know anyone. What am I going to do?" What is that? What is that process like? Um, so yeah, I actually didn't, I didn't come to America expecting to have a culture shock. I thought it would be very similar. I had a huge culture shock. (laughs) Um, the first, (laughs) it was huge. The first six months I was like, this is great. This is so fun. You know, college. And I was just having fun meeting new people. And then after the second semester, that's when it started to hit. And I was like, this is because at first it was kind of funny, you know, everything that's different and just learning about it. But then after the first six months, it was kind of like, okay, I mean, I really miss home. Things are different here. And, and now that no I've Vegemite. been here for a while, absolutely no, Vegemite no Vegemite anywhere. <laughs> that, that was a kicker. And the first time I came over here, I don't know why I didn't realize that you guys have different food. So I didn't bring any of my favorite snacks, which was a big rookie error, but <laughs> it's, it's good, good. Cause then I have something to look forward to to get when Absolutely, I go home. Yeah. All right. Now, speaking of that, so we're almost done here. The last thing I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you, we already covered the fifth question was performance and, and what your, uh, what your, the performance sports psychology part of it. The last thing I wanted to hit on, um, was just training schedule, nutrition, um, and rest and recovery. What is your, mm-hmm. I would say day, but days can differ. What's your week like? 
Yeah, so my, my average training week varies a lot depending on the time of the year. The fall is more of an off-season time for me, and then the spring is track season. Um, I'm normally, I normally have, a, like, I'm exercising six to seven days a week. Um, when I'm in season, we normally have a, three hard workout days a week where the workouts oh, wow. okay. somewhat mimic race pace things or race things. And then the other days in between that are aerobic days that you're still working and able to get a workout in, but your body's able to recover for the workout. So it might be an easy run where I go for a run, but I'm not doing anything close to what I'd race at. If that makes so sense. Or some those, days I'm in the pool on, those, on the bike. Oh, really? Okay. So some days on those, mm -hmm. those three days that are, that are intense, if you could just personally gauge, what would they be? 70, 80, 90% max, a hundred percent max. Um, where do they fall? Um, so those some days right days. in track season. Yeah. When we're doing the bulk of our training, I mean, most those three days out, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing at a hundred percent. Obviously Holy if you've cow. got multiple reps to run or multiple things to run, but when I finish the session, I've left everything on the track or I've got my hardest, unless of course, like coach might have a specific purpose of the workout, which might be to run it a certain way to mimic something of a race or to do it at a certain pace. And if we get given those, then I listen to what coach says. But if I'm just running, if I just have a workout and I'm running it, I'm, I'm, running to make sure that by the end of that i've finished on empty okay and on those lower tempo days those uh what you, you describe them as aerobic days what are those at mm -hmm. um that's that's just honestly i just listen to my body how it feels so those will either be a cross train for me that's which awesome. is like a bike or swim or elliptical mm -hmm. or just a easy jog so i just go out for a jog and i run at whatever pace that my body allows me to run out while still feeling good, if that makes sense. So I don't want to finish no, and does. be like, you know, puffed and burning, my legs burning. So it's just kind of what, whatever I can do. So sometimes it, it looks different on my easy run days. Sometimes I'm running low six minute miles and sometimes I'm running eight minute miles. It just, it's, Depends it's on what it can change. It just, I just listen to the body. Yeah. All right, cool. So, now, I swim and run on the same day. Do you find any benefit to that? Yeah, so some days we have some days I will have three workouts a day. Sometimes I have a morning run workout, a weight room workout, and then an afternoon run workout. Um I personally I know everyone responds differently. I love double workout days. Um I think it's a I'm someone that finds it hard to stay mentally focused for long periods of time, which is probably why I'm a middle distance athlete. So for me being able to break up my training into multiple workouts, I can bring a high intensity for, you know, an hour rather than something that's going to take or like for shorter reps or intervals. So I like breaking it up. Um, I'm a big advocate for multiple workouts throughout a day. But I it feels so vindicated now. <laughs> Thank you. It is fun, but it does it does take away your time. I feel like my whole day is just working out when I when I'm breaking it up. But all right, perfect. Yeah. Um, the last thing, just uh, I know you're short on time. You have a you have a uh, what do you have? You have practice to go to, right? Pretty soon. Yeah, I have a I have a run, but awesome. I'm not rushed for time at all. I got thirty minutes 
All right. Then I'll cover the last two things, and that is your nutrition and your rest recovery. So nutrition. I tell people, because I do uh, some consulting and some strength and conditioning training and eat, eat, oh, eat, awesome. eat, enjoy eating, mm-hmm. eat like it's fuel, yeah. have lots of choices. Don't get bogged down in, you know, uh, uh, food banning where you're banning different types of foods, mm-hmm. understand what they are, understand what they do and enjoy the hell out of them when you have them. Um, what I is agree. your, what is your training diet and your non-training diet? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people think that being that myself or being an athlete means that you have some strict like cutting food, like eat nothing. It's actually quite the opposite. Though one thing I'm always trying to be the most cautious of is making sure I'm eating enough and feeling my body. Um, I kind of like food is energy, food is fuel. So I think it's very important. I always have like my three main meals a day, like a breakfast, lunch and dinner. And then between working out or whatever I'm doing, I'm obviously snacking and still feeling myself with little things throughout the day. Um, but yeah, for me, my in-season and out-of-season diet kind of looks similar because I don't, I eat more in-season. I eat a significant amount more um, because I'm obviously well, burning great. through yeah, a lot more energy. So... Yeah, so in season, I try to eat pretty much the same each day, depending on what I'm doing. I plan my meals around my workouts, obviously, um, making sure I eat kind of pretty close to finishing a workout after just so my body can get recover- like recovered quickly. But I just make sure that my plate, I'm not too strict about diet, but I do like to eat healthy. And that's just always been a me thing, even when I'm not working out or in season. I just like to fill myself with foods that make me feel good. Um but in saying that, if I'm craving something, I, I eat it. I don't, I don't restrict myself from anything. Um, I think I'm just blessed with the fact that I like, um, like healthier foods. So that's been kind of good. But for me, just making sure my plate looks like, you know, like I've got my protein, carb, and like a veggie or fruit um, and making sure that I have big portions. I don't try to like skip, skip on portion size at all. So anything, always staying on the side of making sure I'm feeling enough and and your body will tell you if you're not. Um, I find that's the biggest thing for me is if I haven't eaten enough, it'll show in my workout straight away. So, no, yeah. definitely. Just so, making sure eating lots no, of the right, no. right things. Um, and yeah, all right, that's perfect. So that brings me to a, a question I hadn't planned on. So there's some stuff that I eat to fuel and my wife is like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're eating that. That is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. So what I'll do is I'll make rice in the rice cooker. I'll cook two eggs over easy and then I'll take half a can of tuna and put it in there. And then I'll just let the yolk mix in, put some soy sauce in and it is phenomenal and my wife is like, you put tuna with eggs and that's just the grossest thing I've ever. And I'm like, no, you should try. And my son, actually, I made it for him. And he's like, mom, you're insane. This is the greatest thing I've ever eaten. Holy cow. Dad, can you make it again? And uh, she. so what is the weirdest thing? And I'll eat it for breakfast. And apparently it's a Filipino breakfast. I have a friend that I went to college with. Oh. And she kind of taught it to me. 
And um, so what's the weirdest thing that you eat that people are like, oh, my God. But you're like, no, this is fuel. This is perfect. I love this. Do you have anything like that? I'm not going to lie. The, the tuna and eggs is a bit of an odd combo. A little, little, <laughs> little odd. But, but you know what? You're getting some good protein in. That's great protein. Um, I don't know. I don't really think I have a weird meal. I think, I mean, there's things like that people here think of. People here don't like Vegemite at all. But I love Vegemite. No, not at all. Oh, uh, I'm sure you do. Most I people in Australia through, do. Yeah, my freshman year, I actually went through a really big tuna phase where I would eat tuna all day. We would have these tuna snack bags at the at our training facility, and it was just after a workout, it was just good protein. So every time I'd finish a track workout, I just opened this bag of tuna, start eating it, and everyone around me thought it was the weirdest thing because after <laughs> your workout, like no one just opens a bag of tuna and starts eating it. But you know, we'd go from our workout to weight room, and I was like, I need something to like some protein. But no, absolutely. That was kind of a weird phase. I just eat the tuna like just straight out of the packet, but I would be eating multiple times a day. But that I went, I'm out of that now. So tuna's just some occasional <laughs> thing. But I was, I was like becoming a tuna. So that just reminded me. But I don't think I have any weird combinations that I can think That's of okay. at this spot. That's okay. Um, um, do you take yeah, any nothing. supplements? Do you take any like protein, creatine, any of that stuff? Um, I kind of just, unless I get a blood test and see that I'm low on a vitamin or supplement, then I'll start taking that. I'm actually really bad at taking stuff consistently. <laughs> I always think I want to take my vitamins and then I just forget. But I think that like, since I do try to eat a lot of fresh, um, balanced foods, I think I'm someone who does get a lot of my nutrients through food because of my what i enjoy eating well, but that's, i do take uh, like a multivitamin yeah according to our program the applied physiology and kinesiology program um and general health guidelines you should be getting all of it from your diet which is awesome that you're doing mm -hmm. that good job way to go <laughs> oh um, yeah i love to hear that <laughs> now the last thing I, is I think if you're eating a lot of fresh yeah the eating a lot of fresh what if you're eating a lot of fresh foods, um, you should be getting. I find when like my diet's good, I'm not, you know, having blood tests where I'm low in anything as per se. Now you mentioned blood tests. Do you have them routinely? Is that part of the uh, the the program that you're in just to maintain health? Um, we don't have them routinely. I think we normally have one at the start of like every year or season. And then if you're starting to feel, you know, if there's an athlete that's starting to just be fatigued in workouts for absolutely no reason, or there's a, you're just feel, you know, you can tell, you know, you're fatigued or things just aren't going the way they should be. You know, we'll go get a blood test, just check in, make sure everything's, you know, iron, no, whatever. That's awesome. Is that's really good. good. Um, that's excellent. So. Um, all right, the yeah. last thing is rest and recovery, getting enough sleep. Um, mm -hmm. I'm horrible at it. I find myself, oh, crap, it's 2 o'clock. I got to go to bed. Um, what's your uh, routine like in terms of rest and recovery? I could definitely have 
more sleep in my day. I am I'm a morning person, which is good, but it also sucks because if I stay up late, I end up having no sleep. Um, that's definitely something I could do better about. Once I'm up, I just want to be up all day. I can't nap, which I wish I could, because I know as an athlete, sleep is one of the most essential things in recovery, and recovery is one of the most essential parts in getting better. So. I wish I could sleep more, but I am a big ball of energy and I always like to be up doing things. But in season, I do try to, like on meet weeks, I'm pretty strict with my bedtimes, making sure. I like to have at least eight hours, eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Um, and of course, sometimes life gets in the way, but I think just around meets is when I am most strict on that. So I normally do get good sleep, like, the nights leading up to a race that's the most important for me or when i'm in my hard training blocks um but and what do you do to wind down like i gotta tell you sometimes if i've had like a two a day um it's it's hard for me to just disconnect from that level of activity what and basically what i do is you know just sometimes i'll play a video game which sounds silly why would you do that? But it takes my mind off of everything. Um, I'll go read something. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll read something so that it kind of slows me down a little bit. Do you run? Do you do anything like that? Yeah, I think my thing is cooking. Um, I don't know why awesome. I find it very relaxing, and it's it sounds like it doesn't make sense after a long day. Most people don't want to come home and cook something, but now we have this new dining hall. I'm not doing much cooking, but in previous years, that would be my favorite thing to come home, put in my music for like 30 minutes or an hour. And just, cause I just zone out and I just cook and it's just like a little, uh, you know, I'm not on my phone scrolling, but I get to, you know, like create something, I guess. That's my favorite thing to do on my Well, downtime. that's funny but, because yeah. I do kind of the same thing with dishes. So my wife hates oh. doing dishes. She is going to say, it's funny because people will say, oh, I can't believe you said that about your wife. And my wife will be, no, I absolutely hate doing dishes. So I'll do dishes. I'll put on my headphones. And it's funny because my wife will be in the other room and she'll see me dancing around to Pitbull or something. And <laughs> But all the dishes get done. So that's that's a uh -huh. positive. So the cooking thing, I totally so get. Um yeah, and and the dishes get done. So um, now, if I could just get my son. To That's a know, good one to I... have. That that works out great for your wife. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, hey Imogen, thank you so much for being here. And as a thank you for being here, oh, big surprise. Um, so this podcast is my own podcast, and I have a company called Sea and Land Fitness. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do. Okay. As a part of that is I, I'm big into uh, fitness tracking, being able to track with wearables okay. what we do. So I became a Garmin dealer. I have a Garmin. Oh. I'm going to send you a Garmin. So I'm going to send you these two. Um, I'm also going to send you some hats hurt. and stuff. That's awesome. So I'm going <laughs> to send it to to the athletic facility but i'm gonna send it because oh. i told you that i want to have um it's actually funny how this all worked out so i was looking through the roster i was trying to figure out who to have on uh -huh. 
and um, I was going to have Mar- I was scrolling and my wife said Maria Fernandez and I said okay Maria Fernandez uh-huh. I'll have her and then I looked her up on uh, Instagram and all of her posts are liked by this Imogen Barrett who's Imogen Barrett and I was like <laughs> why do I know the name Imogen Barrett and I, I went back to the roster oh my gosh that's Imogen Barrett okay so I'm going to send two of these one for you one okay. for Maria, um, and I'll send a couple of hats for oh, you guys. Oh, she's gonna love it! Awesome, but you also have to, you know, tell her <laughs> I had such a good time on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you should totally go on it. Um, but thank you so much. I will for share. Doing I will this. share the information. Definitely. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate. No, that. it's I appreciate this. This helps me. It helps applied physiology and kinesiology. It helps the College of Health and Human Performance. It helps the University of Florida. Um, it helps your track team, and it's a cool thing. <laughs> um, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marco. It was a pleasure being a guest, and I look forward to my new watch. <laughs> ah, awesome. So stick around for a few minutes. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for coming um, and watching this. I appreciate it. And I will see you guys next time.